0: Good morning, and welcome to the NEXA Resources second quarter 2020 conference call. All participants will be in listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star then 1 on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press star then 2. The presenters in this call are Mr. Tito Martin, CEO of Nexa Resources, Mr. Rodrigo Menk, CFO of Nexa Resources, and Ms. Roberta Frella, Head of Investor Relations. Please note this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Tito Martins. Please go ahead.
1: Thank you, and good morning and good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us in another Nexus earnings conference call. Today we'll be talking about our results for the second quarter of 2020. I hope you and your loved ones remain safe and healthy. Please, let's move to slide three where we will begin our presentation. As we stated before in our presentation related to the results of the first quarter, The health and safety of our people and local communities are our highest priority. COVID-19, as for most of mining companies, had a negative impact on our business in the second quarter. Our mining operations in Peru, in response to the Peruvian government requirement to combat the virus, remained suspended almost half of the quarter, while the Carmarquilla smelter operated at reduced rates. By mid-May, we started to return our operations in Peru. Cerro Lindo Mine and El Povenil are ramping up production since then. We are still facing from time to time some constraints related to the workforce availability. The spread of the virus in town remains a big concern. This problem probably will last for some more months. In the process of returning the mines, we decided to keep the Underground production suspended. It's higher costs, made it less competitive. The Caramarquides smelter is already re- running at a full capacity. In Brazil, the de Quad smelter, which was operating in May and June at reduced rates because of lower demand, is now almost back at full capacity. Our third smelter, Três Marias, has been operating normally during all this complex time. Despite the challenging scenario, we were able to mitigate the economic impacts of the pandemic thanks to the business continuity measures implemented and the strong commitment of our team. Our miners in Brazil posted a record high throughput in the quarter. A series of measures were implemented in our operations, and all of our corporate teams in Peru and in Brazil have been home office since the beginning of the crisis. To mitigate the spread of the virus, we implemented benchmark protocols in all of our operations and projects. In order to keep social distance, we adapt our accommodations, cafeteria, and transportation. We change the workforce shift in our Peruvian mines, and we are providing COVID antibody tests and health checks for all income personnel in our sites. In the second quarter of 2020, incremental costs related to COVID-19 were approximately $4 million. We believe that 50 to 60% of them will become recurring costs in our operations, at least until the end of the pandemic. Although a high level of uncertainty remains, we expect to deliver our production guidance. Also, the investment guidance for the year remains as previously announced. Our short-term strategy continues to look at cash preservation and cost reduction. We also continue to manage our balance sheet, and our liquidity remains strong. I now will turn the call to Rodrigo Mank, our CFO, who will provide more detailed information about our financial strategy. Mank, please. Thank you, Chito, and good morning, everyone. I am on slide four now. We ended March with a solid cash position, but in response to the COVID-19 escalation and the mandatory suspension of our operations in Peru, We increased our liquidity position by adding almost $350 million to our cash balance through new debt, being $45 million through our Brazilian subsidiary and the drawdown of our revolving credit facility in the amount of $300 million through NEXA resources in Luxembourg. Taking the advantage of the capital market momentum in June, we issued a new loan, seven-year bonds of $500 million and its net proceeds were fully used to repay short-term debt and our revolving credit facility. As a result, maturity is now over five years. Please note that the revolving credit facility remains committed until October 2024. As we previously anticipated, due to the impact of lower metal prices and lower production in our cash generation, we were already expecting leverage to increase and potentially breach the four-times ceiling the for the leverage ratio and financial covenants of certain loans. During the quarter, we were successful in paying certain debts and also in negotiating waivers with our counterparts. In a way, we will not be required to measure the leverage ratio until June 2021. Other financial covenants remain in place and are being complied with. Turning now to slide five. On slide five, we present Nexus free cash flow generation. During the quarter, we generated $343 million, mostly driven by new debt incurred during the period. Describing it further, and starting from our $40 million adjusted EBITDA, we had a $19 million gain in working capital mainly as a result of increased average supplier payment terms, coincidentally offset by $19 million of sustaining CAPEX and another $30 million of interest paid in taxes. Still, Nexa has generated $10 million of cash flow before expansion projects during a very tough quarter. Non-sustaining CAPEX, which includes mainly our expansion project in Aripuanan, amounted forty one million dollars. Finally, during the quarter, as explained in the previous slide, we raised new debt and repaid others, having a positive net impact from loans and financial investments of four hundred and five million dollars, resulting in a final cash flow generation of three hundred and forty three million dollars. Moving to the next slide, now on slide six, our comments on our investments. In the second quarter, we invested $69 million, with a cumulative CAPEX of $149 million in the first semester of the year. As we have disclosed previously, we revised our CAPEX guidance downwards to $300 million in 2020 in response to COVID-19, aiming to preserve cash. Now, one quarter later, we confirmed our search guidance for the year but rebalance its distribution. We have decreased the estimated Aripona investment to $172 million as second quarter disbursements were lower than expected, partially impacted by COVID, and further reduced throughout the year as the current FX rate level impacts favorably the amount in dollar terms. On the other hand, sustaining investments were increased to $73 million fulfilling our commitment to keep our operations running safely. Complementarily, other operating investments amounted to $24 million during the entire semester, including exploration, mineral rights, and project development, being well reduced given the current situation, but is still on track within our guidance. Now, I would like to pass on to Roberto Varela, our Head of Investor Relations, who will comment our second quarter results.
2: Thank you, Meng, good morning, and good evening, everyone. Please, let's move to slide eight. Beginning with the first chart on your left, zinc production of 62,000 tons decreased by 32% compared to second quarter of 2019. The solid performance of our mines in Brazil was offset by the mandatory suspension of our mines in Peru, resulting in an estimated decrease of 1.7 million tons in treated ore volume in the quarter. Copper production was also affected and decreased by 44% year-over-year, year, primarily driven by Cerro Lindo. In respect to our melting segment, total zinc metal sales of 120,000 tons decreased 23% versus the same period a year ago, given the reduced operating rate in both Carramartilha and with before forest melters, as demand for all products was impacted by COVID-19. On the following graph, consolidated net revenue was $337 million compared with $613 million a year ago, reflecting the decline in volumes and lower base metal prices. The LME average prices for zinc, copper, and lead were down by 29%, 12%, and 11% respectively, compared to second quarter of 2019. Turning to slide 9, we will comment on our consolidated EBITDA. Adjusted EBITDA decreased 66% to $40 million in the second quarter. This performance was mainly driven by lower sales volumes with an impact of $36 million, a negative price effect of $69 million related to lower LME prices and changes in market prices in respect of quotation period adjustment, the decrease in by-product credits due to lower treated ore volume and LME prices, which were partially offset by lower operating costs and expenses, partially driven by lower production volumes, the reduction in exploration project development expenses, and the decrease in corporate expenses. The U.S. dollar appreciation against Brazilian real had a positive impact of 14 million million in the period. Please, let's move to slide 10, where we discuss our mining segment guidance. On this slide, we discuss guidance and mining operation results. The strong performance of the Vasanque Mouragudo mine was offset by the mandatory suspension in Peru. As a result, zinc production in the second quarter of 2020 decreased 32% to 62,000 tons while zinc-equivalent production decreased 39%. Cerro Lindo El Porvenir resumed operations on May 11 gradually increasing their throughput. Rampette continued into Q3. Atacocha, San Gerardo Open Pit Mine restarted operations on June 8, while the higher-cost underground mine remained suspended. The scenario still requires caution, as the number of COVID cases in Latin America have continued to increase. And although a high level of uncertainty remains, we maintain our 2020 production guidance for all our metals. We assume there will be no additional suspensions, but we estimate we will continue to face restrictions in our operations due to adopted measures to combat COVID-19. Regarding cash costs, in first half of 2020, than 20, mining cash cost averaged $0.45 cents per pound, below our annual estimates. This performance was mainly driven by the temporary decrease in Cerro Lindo and El Povenido, as we did not incur in some operating costs due to the postponement of certain mining activities following lower production volumes. As we expect to increase production in both mines compared to the first half of the year, we believe we will perform according to our estimated guidance. In order to have an appropriate comparison, please note that the cash costs presented for both mining and smelting segments do not include the cost of idleness in our operations. Moving to the next slide. On slide 11, we will discuss the mining segment performance. In second quarter of 2020, adjusted EBITDA was $3 million compared to $44 million a year ago. This decrease was primarily driven by lower volumes due to the temporary suspension in Peru, with a negative impact of $77 million, market related factors with a negative variation impact of $13 million from lower LME prices and higher treatment charges, and lower by product credits, totaling $19 million. These negative effects were partially offset by the decrease in operating costs and mineral exploration and project development expenses. Looking to the graph at the bottom right, we present the global cash cost curve for zinc. Despite the challenging scenario, we remain well positioned at the beginning of the third quartile of the cash cost curve. Moving to the next slide. On slide 12, we will discuss our melting segment operation results and guidance. Metal sales in the second quarter of 2020 were down 23% year over year, reflecting the reduced operating rates of our smelters as I already explained. Despite the total volume reduction, Tres Marias' smelter had another fall the quarter. Zinc metal production of 45,000 tons increased by 11% compared to the same period of 2019. The, Marquee, the smelter also operated better than we estimated during the quarantine period, and resumed its suit capacity in the beginning of June. The de smelter is also close to its full capacity in July. That said, We maintain our metal sales and cash cost guidance, assuming we operate at normal capacity during the second half of the year. Moving on to the slide 13, we'll discuss our smelting EBITDA for the quarter. Smelting EBITDA was $39 million, 47% lower year-over-year. The decrease was primarily driven by the negative net price effect of $59 million related to change in market prices, and $5 million from lower byproduct credits, $19 million negative variation from the reduction in volume, partially upset by the $11 million gain from higher TCs and lower operating costs and corporate expenses. The BRL devaluation also had a positive impact of $7 million. Looking to the graph at the bottom right, we present the global cash cost curve for zinc smelters and access position at the beginning of the second quartile of the curve. I will now turn over the call to Tito who will you continue our presentation. Tito, please.
1: Thanks, Roberta. Please turn to slide fifteen. Here we'll talk about the Republican project. As disclosed, we have had a change in our management team and Mr. Marcio Godoy was appointed as Nexus Senior Vice President for Project Development and the Aripana project is one of its responsibilities. We have also reorganized our project team and made some changes in the scope of our contractors, looking for mitigating risks of the project execution. In Aripana, we have joint efforts with the local authorities to combat the COVID-19. We keep up mobilizing works to the site, but at a reduced pace, given the protocols implemented. Mobilization should increase along the next month, reaching our construction targets. The amount invested in the second quarter was less than expected, and our estimated capex for the year is now something around $172 million. Going forward, the new plan for the project will be available sometime in the second half of this year. Aripana is our main priority, and we keep working to successfully execute the project plan. Please, now to slide 16. On this slide, we'll comment about our pipeline of projects. As you know, we reassessed our capital allocation strategy because of the COVID, and most of our greenfield projects were placed on hold. Magistral studies progressed in the quarter, but as we had anticipated, COVID-19-related measures could end up slowing down our 2020 targets. As a result, the felt Tree conclusion is now expected for 2021. This the studies for Charlie Pike and Puka remain on hold. Regarding Ladiouan, we intend to resume our exploration campaign in the second half. Moving now to our next slide, slide 17. Here, we will make some comments about market fundamentals. Despite the first impact of COVID-19 on LME prices, we are seeing now some signs of recovery. During the quarter, zinc price reversed the downward trend and gradually recovered. There are some positive signs from China, with authorities reaffirming their plans to spend heavily. We may see consistent investments in areas where there is an intensive use of zinc, like infrastructure. However, we find zinc stocks in the official warehouses maintain its upward trend, reflecting I still depress the map. Similar to zinc, the price also reversed their downward trend, driven by signs of demand recovery, and tightening supply in important production regions as Latin America. Now let's move to our final slide, slide 18. As I stated in the beginning of our presentation, our commitment to protect and preserve the well-being of our people in our host communities remains our first priority. The business continuity measures and the commitment of our team to improve efficiency in our operations were fundamental and helped us to reduce the COVID-19 impact in our results. The short-term scenario, however, is still very challenging. We remain focused on ensuring the sustainability of our business and expect to continue delivering our guidance. Alipanar is progressing and we remain committed in building the mind of the future supported by operational and financial discipline with a high qualified team. Thank you all for your time and let's move to the Q&A session.
0: Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your touchtone phone. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then 2. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. Our first question comes from Jackie Przbelowski with BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, I just, I guess my first question it's just uh a specific one uh i haven't seen any mention <clears throat> excuse me on the gerasite conversion project mentioned in this release can you maybe talk a little bit about what the um what the plan is is that project completely on hold uh or canceled right now
1: hi jackie thank you for I your question you're... i hope you're okay life has not been easy for anybody uh, General Zaito, what's going on? Uh, as we announced at the beginning of the year, we stopped the project to revise it. It has been suspended with the COVID. Uh, we we decided not to go back to this along the year. It is still in our plans. Uh, revision has been almost at the end. So as soon as we can actually... Uh, uh, Come back to a more normal situation. We should have news about it, the genocide. It is still a very important project for us in terms of increasing the the recovery and the production capacity in Kamakia.
0: Great, thanks. And on uh, Rupena, I know you're you're working on the rebaselining study now. Um, can can you talk a little bit about what that might include? Is it going to be uh, a new a new project timeline and um and some sort of um inflation do you think to the capex uh, budget that you have right now
1: yeah what happened is uh, we we have those those difficulties at the end of last year which impacted and we make us move the the completion of the project to the third quarter of the 21 we're still keeping this this date up to now uh, we are revising some impacts that COVID may have uh, along the, along this first semester, along the crisis, right? What happened is we never stopped to, to move on with the project, with the development, but we are uh, operating in reduced capacity. I mean, we, we've been operating around 80%. So uh, the, the difficulty we are facing today is actually to define if the schedule will be kept uh, I mean, to the third quarter of next year, and how much in financial terms it will actually affect us. Uh, I tend to be optimistic. I, I think there will be some some additional costs because time now is different from the original ones. So we are finishing this. Uh, we should have news in, in a couple of months, but uh, still with the level of uncertainty, Given the, how much the COVID has can affect us uh, moving forward, I mean we know how much it has affected already, but we know, we don't know how much it can impact in the future. There will be uh, more delays if, if we should be able to to bring in all the people we need at on site. Uh, just to give an example, uh, we have nowadays a thousand and five hundred people on site. And we should have already more than 2,000 difficulties related to the protocols that were implemented to bring in people to Aripona. Aripona is really far away from everything. So Mm -hmm. we need to test people before we send them there. And then they have to wait two weeks before they are allowed to to move to the site. And we have to keep testing them from time to time. So those difficulties are the ones we are facing now. And uh, we are trying to negotiate with the authorities as well a, an opportunity to change the protocols a little bit and maybe not having to keep the quarantine in the city before they move to the side. Things like that. When we sort them out, we should be able actually to actually come up with a much uh, precise date and a precise number for the project. But in general, okay. terms, the project is moving well, given the difficulties we are facing.
0: Okay, but it's it's really just a question of the schedule. You're not you're not actually changing the scope of the project at all. It's, it's no, not at all. Not schedule. at all. Yeah, okay.
1: Everything's okay, pretty much that the sounds same. great. Okay.
0: Thanks. Thank you. Thanks very much, Tito. Our next question comes from Jen Spice with Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead.
1: Yeah, hello. Thank you for taking uh, my questions. I just want to ask if the um, <clears throat> percentage uh, of the four million due to COVID-related costs that you mentioned—I I think it was 60 uh, percent—that um, will be recurring—is that already included in in the cash cost guidance uh, that you didn't change? And secondly, um, the Atacocha, the decision to to keep it uh, closed, the 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 underground mine—is it Due to the cost of the mine, or is it related to operating issues? What's what's the rationale there? Hello, Jens. It's Rodrigo Mank here. Thank you for your questions. First of all, the, the COVID-related expenses are are already included in, in the cash costs that uh, guidance that is uh, providing to the end of the year. So we are uh, absorbing those costs, yes. But we are also constantly looking for other efficiencies that can be. Uh, uh, re- resulting in, in cost reduction. So uh, the costs are not in a, in a magnitude that uh, worries us. We understand uh, in the coming quarters, costs can be approximately the same as we, as we saw in the second quarter, uh, probably a bit higher in the, in the third quarter, maybe converging towards the end of the year. But um, I believe that not only for our case, but also for our other peers, it's yet too early to define how much of this cost it has come to stay. In any case, uh, we are constantly revising and, and uh, absorbing other efficiencies so we can cope with it. Uh, in case of uh, uh, Atacocha question, addressing your point, we have uh, Atacocha underground as a high-cost mine. So uh, under the current situation, and provided that we had already the operation suspended. Uh, we decided to maintain suspension so that we op- uh, operate in that specific mine only with the open pit of San Gerardo, which has a much lower cost. Um, there are no operation uh, issues, as you mentioned, as you question, as you, you 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 mentioned, so that uh, we are only with suspending it as to cost. Have I addressed your questions? Yes, that's clear. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Our next question comes from Orest Wakoda with Scotiabank. Please go ahead.
3: Hi, good morning. And um uh, hope everybody's well there. Um I realize that the, you know most of the focus this year has been on COVID and managing through the pandemic, but I was wondering if there's been any thought or discussion about the next uh, domicile um and whether there's any consideration being given to moving from Luxembourg um to another uh, location, uh likely uh North America, um and whether that's a priority
1: for the board. Uh Ars, thanks for the question. Everybody's so well here on this side for sure. We're still in home office. Uh no, no. Honestly we have not talked about that. Uh, uh, We may come up one day with the the conclusion that being incorporated in Luxembourg may not be the the ideal situation. We have to see how things will, we we are are potentially uh, foreseeing a new world after this pandemic, right? So everything is possible, but no, it's, it's not in our plans at all to change anything right now.
3: Okay. Thanks, to You know, in my view, it would just is that a reason help.
1: for that? Uh, can, can I can I raise a question? Your question is triggered. Is that a reason for that? I mean, any specific issues relate to the fact that we are based in Lux?
3: I, well, I, th- I personally think it impacts your trading liquidity because um, you're because you're of your domicile, you're not in in, in uh, any of the North American indices. So, um, okay. moving in my view, moving the domicile
1: would would um, help trading liquidity. Okay. Uh, makes sense. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Tito.
0: Our next question comes from Oscar Cabrera with CIBC. Please go ahead.
3: Thank you, Cabrera. Good morning and evening, everyone, and, you know, I hope uh, everyone and their families are doing well. Um, so I may just start with your uh smelting segment um the treatment charges spot treatment charges have been coming down and uh just wonder if you can remind us of the structure of your contracts if most of your sales from the smelting, the smelting side uh on an annual contract Do you have exposure to the
1: spot market. Oscar, how are you? Thanks you for the question. Uh the the, the 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 standard contracts are still uh as it was before. I mean we have agreements that they cover more than a year usually. The part that is related to spot marks is very small. Uh that's why usually our uh TCs are twice considering, in average, three years TCs, benchmark TCs. So that's why we, in 2020, are having a TC a little bit lower than the the benchmark TC, which is $300. Uh, We we did not face uh, any problem during the crisis? I mean, the supply of concentrate uh, was regular. I, I would say that what happened is uh, the decision to shut down, for example, them to, to reduce the capacity in 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 quarters miller for uh, two months was based in a concern we had about the demand. Uh, we, we actually, if the lockdown had lasted longer. Probably would have some problem with the supply of concentrate either to Ca or to Brazil, but uh, no uh, we are our contract very stable, and we are comfortable with them, and we should not change it at all because it gives us more stability in terms of forecasting costs and 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 the uh, profitability of each of these matters. I hope I have answered yeah. answer the no. question.
3: Yeah, no, that's that's great, Tito, it's a good reminder that the your smelting business is is very strong and counter cyclical to, uh, to what we've seen, um, you know, at least in the beginning of the year. Um, the other question I had for you is, um, you guys have done a really good job in keeping your costs down during during the pandemic. Um, you know, the decision to keep um, a high cost operation is is uh, is, is sound. I was just wondering because in in that reduction in cost that we saw in the second quarter, there's a mention of um, deferred maintenance and um, and what I believe is like you know maybe just you know putting your subcontracting activities on hold. But as you move forward, like you know, are are you are you lagging in development of stops in the mines? Can you just put context around these savings and how do you
1: how do you uh, plan to move forward? Hi, Oscar it's Rodrigo. I hope you're fine. Thank you for your question. It's a good question. Uh, you see those those expenses going down in the second quarter, specifically because everything was pretty much shut uh, during throughout most of the quarter. Uh, when you look towards the year, uh, part of the, the the capital reallocation that we informed in our capex guidance, going from uh, from uh, expansion to to the sustaining CAPEX. It's it's pretty much because we have been monitoring this all the time, and uh, the majority of the activities that we are uh, increasing our sustaining CAPEX with is precisely mine development, as you mentioned. Uh, In the last call, if if uh, if you remember well, we mentioned that we would keep all the essentials in place so that we have our operations fit and safe, right? And also the business. So, uh, because of the, the the disbursements throughout the second quarter and the estimation throughout uh, the second half of the year, uh, as to Aripuanan and also the the the, the uh, project have been a kind of a, a delayed due to to lower um, personnel working on the project. We have also revised the the expenses on mine development. And in uh, maintenance, so that we we keep the, the the business safe and also in in shape, not delaying anything that could cost us in the future. So you nailed it; it's precisely that.
3: Okay. Yeah. No. Well, thank you very much, and uh, stay safe and be well.
1: Thank you. So, uh, can I add one thing? I, I would add one thing. Here. Yeah. It's important to note one thing. The performance of our mines in Brazil, which were not affected by the by the the, the crisis, uh, has been very close to what we were uh, planning before. So uh, the guidance shows clearly that the performance matches perfectly the cost that we are incurring right now in, in the mines in Brazil and in the as well.
3: And as a matter of fact, you know, just looking at that, you know, and and the first half is lower than your guidance. But um, anyway, thank you very much and, and, and be well.
1: Thank you.
0: Again, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star, then one. Our next question comes from Timna Tanners with Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Please go ahead.
4: Hey, good morning, everyone, and hope you're all doing well. I wanted to ask two questions. One is pretty high level. Uh, Just listening to some of the other commentaries from uh, miners that have operations in Peru and Brazil, I feel like they've talked about the worst being behind and kind of more, um, you know, the the repercussions of the um, better outlook. And and I feel like your outlook still talks about risks and uncertainty. So I'm just wondering, is that more on the cost side? Is that more – potential disruptions or or maybe why there might be a difference there, if you would?
1: Hi, Tina. Tita speaking. Thank you for your question. Uh, I would say the risk we we may face have more to do with uh, our ability to keep performing as we have done so far. I mean, the lockdown in Peru, for example, was a a major disruption for all mining mining companies operating there. Managed to come back. We are still ramping up production. We have not reached yet the 100% production all uh, uh, sites. And the main reason for that has to do with our capacity to to bring up, uh, to bring in all the necessary work, number of workers. Why is that? Because according to the protocol, officials and our protocols, and by the way, our protocols are are more restrict than the protocols that were set by the government. They require us to test everybody, test before they move to the site, test when they are at the site after some days. So we have identified uh, many people that are not allowed to move to the site. If you look at uh, some official data available, uh, the contamination in, in Peru, for example, is around 20% for those who are tested which is a huge number, right? In Brazil, the case is a little bit different. Discs are there, but less than what we saw in Peru along the last two to three months. So I would say, as long as we can operate, it seems to us that the cost would not be a problem, but only uh, we have to pay attention to the disruptions uh, related to, to professionals and workers' availability.
4: Okay. Thanks for that. Um, And then um, if you wouldn't mind, and I'm sure I missed something, and and I apologize for that, but on page 10, um, you have the cash costs, and and they're increasing for the second half just to get to the guidance. Can you give us a little bit more color on the puts and takes with the – it looks like it's net of byproducts, but but, um, I'm not sure because it seems like commodity values are going up, so would that not be more positive and – the resumption of operations I would have thought would be uh, positive, but then the Peruvian costs are higher. So I'm just trying to understand the, the puts and takes to get us to the, the guidance, if you would, please. Mink?
1: I'm going to answer that on behalf of Mink. Uh, seems that he was cut. Basically, what happened is... Uh, the, the lower costs we saw most in the mining companies in, in mining sites in, in Peru has to do with the fact that we were not operating fully, so some of the services and the maintenance services were not performing uh, 100%. So it impacted the cash costs. When we move back to full operation, we should have costs moving up and should be close to the guidance. Our expectations are that if we actually can generate uh, the the proper scale, our objective, of course, will be to end up the year with costs, uh, I would say, below, a little bit below the guidance or close to the guidance, even if we have additional costs related to COVID. So far, the costs we have registered related to COVID are around $4 million. In the quarter we were four million dollars. we had something lower than that before and we we are in mind it, it meant two point six million dollars uh most of them uh, they are uh, uh they are pure uh, just once we're not expecting to 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 see too many recurring costs, except those related directly to the taxes and things like that but things are of course a disclaimer here are under control as long as the situation remains as it is today. So I would advise to look at the guidance we have provided that we should be there at the end of the year. Everywhere.
4: Okay. Great. Thanks, guys. Stay well. Okay. Very good. Again, if you'd like
0: to ask a question, please press star then 1 at this time. Showing no further questions, this concludes our question and answer session. We will now hand over to Tito for his final remarks. Mr. Martins, please go ahead.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I would like to thank all of you for being here today. Uh, I hope you found this the call useful. Uh, we We want to improve the communication we are having with all guys. And please, if you have any suggestions and feedback to us, our our investment relations team would be glad to hear and to see what we can do actually to, to be closer to you and to be more transparent as as much as possible, actually. Uh, just to end up, uh, our priority has been actually the, the safety and, and the health of our people and those who are close to our operations. Uh, it's, it's really important for us. And of course, we wanna keep, keep our production in good shape. Meaning uh, being able to produce as much as possible as planned, and at the same time uh, developing our our, our project, which is our main priority, and being able to come later after the a, a completion with the the other uh, green, pro, green 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 fuel projects in our uh, pipeline. Uh, finally, uh, uh, I, I I think that given who, the situation we are living today and uh, considering we, what we've been through already, uh, I, I tend to be more optimistic about the year. Uh, We're moving back, as I said, to our operations, to normal life, not a new normal life, let's put it this way, and uh, assuming that no big disruption will, will cause us to actually to close again the, the, the site in, in Peru, we should have a, a more smooth second half. And I hope to see you in the next earnings call in the next next quarter. Thank you very much. And have a good day. Stay healthy.
0: The conference is now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect.